Wanting to learn about how to earn extra money as a doctor, where do you even start? What are the pros and cons of locuming? My name is Dan. Welcome to the Passive Income Doctor Podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast is for entertainment purposes. Nothing here is financial advice. Please speak to your trusted professional advisors. Views expressed by podcast participants are solely their own. Today, we are talking about some side hustles. Strictly speaking, this is not passive income, but it is a way to diversify your income streams. We can take that extra income, that money, and put it into investments, which pay us cash flow, converting from active into passive income. So what are some side hustle ideas? Number one, locuming. I'll elaborate more on this later and talk about my own experiences. By far, this is one of the most popular ways and easy ways for doctors to earn extra money on the side. There are many different locum agencies out there, some better than others. I'll talk more about locuming in a minute, but let's run through some of the other side hustle ideas. So another one would be creating an online course. You can do this on your specific area of expertise. Now, this will take upfront effort and time, but once up and running you and you have a way of promoting it, this can mean recurring income for you. You could be a dermatologist with a special interest in eczema, maybe a psychiatrist or a psychologist discussing CBT, or you may have an interest in weight loss and dieting. Of course, you could help medical students to get into medicine entry, and this is a particularly popular niche. Uh, I know someone who has done quite well in running an online course for medicine entry. The downside of creating a course is that it's probably best you have a brand or audience that you can you know, market and promote this course because there's so many courses out there um, and also yours must be quite excellent to stand out. Similar to a course is creating a book or blog. Lots of content creators often start with a blog and later turn it into a book. Again, writing a book can be hard work and then you have to choose whether you're going to self-publish or try and get it accepted by a publisher. Number three, create a YouTube channel. Now, there are a lot of prominent YouTubers out there that are doctors, such as Ali Abdel, Dr. Mike. If you have lots of subscribers and views, you can generate money from ad revenue and affiliate links and even brand or affiliate deals. Um, watching some of Ali Abdel's videos, he has recently quit medicine as his channel and related endeavours earn him far more as a junior doctor in the NHS and he also describes how he finds it um, fulfilling for him. The downside to a YouTube channel is that it takes a lot of effort, you know, firstly to come up with a good idea and then to film it and edit it, schedule it, promote, etc, etc. You can probably outsource some aspects such as editing, but you still need an understanding of the basics first. Number four, consulting. You could consult for healthcare startups, including apps or medical software. You could even do management consulting uh, for some firms such as McKinsey, although this would usually mean a full-time job and not strictly speaking a side hustle. I know of some people who have gone down this route. Number five in terms of side hustle ideas is teaching. This can be for teaching medical students, 
via being a tutorial facilitator or even a lecturer. Another example is GP supervisors teaching GP registrars. It seems a lot of junior doctors try to do some form of teaching to beef up their CV. So when, when I did some tutorial facilitating, it was unpaid work. Unpaid, I believe, due to the high supply of doctors willing to teach. But I do know some people who did unpaid teaching initially and then later worked their way towards paid teaching, giving occasional lectures and some even later getting a more permanent role such as a university senior lecturer or faculty members. Some people I know that have gone down this path, usually working a few hours a week teaching and generally they find it quite rewarding. Number six, working in alternate roles separate to your day job. For example, this could be cosmetics, supervising cardiac stress tests, could be GPs developing guidelines or referral pathways for the local public health network. It could mean consulting for government departments. There's also roles working for virtual hospital in the home and virtual emergency department. Number seven, medical legal expert working for insurance companies. There are courses out there such as the Australasian College of Legal Medicine that can prepare you or upskill you for this type of work. You may need to appear in court to give expert opinion, so not everyone is comfortable with this. You may be asked to review a peer's work. There are companies who have panels of experts in different specialties. I don't know anyone who's personally doing this work, but I hear it pays quite well. I guess finding a role would depend whether a particular medical legal company had vacancy for a particular specialty and they would probably want someone senior and with a lot of experience. So let's talk about locum doctors. For nurses, they're often referred to as agency nurses. But for the purposes of this, I'm going to just talk about locums as a general term. Now, locuming is probably the most popular side hustle for healthcare workers. Often you get paid more for doing the same job. For some, it's a great way to travel or experience clinical roles outside the normal workplace. So let's discuss the pros and cons of locuming. Pros. First pro is higher pay, especially if they're last minute shifts. Depending on seniority and specialty, rates can go up to even $180 an hour for a resident or a RMO slash HMO. And for a senior, such as in charge of an emergency department, it can be $250 an hour. Sometimes I've seen public holidays, they may even go up to $350 an hour. Anecdotally, a lot of rates have not increased that much actually in the last 10 years, perhaps due to more doctors in the systems, especially at the RMO or registrar level. There seem to be much more locum roles, especially for emergency. I guess they are always looking for extra staff. The second advantage of locuming is the variety of the ability to do different roles or work in a different location. Usually when you're in a regular contracted one-year job for your local health district, you may be doing the same thing over and over. So perhaps you want to experience a different environment that is more exciting or exotic. Outback Australia, a remote spore hospital, far north Queensland destinations such as that. Locuming could even help you discover a different specialty or environment you like. 
Thirdly, flexibility. You have the ability to take holiday and leave without needing approval from higher-ups, unlike the public system, if you are working full-time. I remember when I was working full-time, it was very, very difficult to get annual leave approved. Essentially, you were told when you can take leave, and even though you officially had some study leave entitlements, it was virtually unheard of to get it approved, as often there'd be nobody who could cover your role on, on those days. So let's talk about some cons. First con would be being hassled by the locum agents. Now, it is a big money for these recruitment agencies, so they can be quite aggressive with signing you up for work. I've had some colleagues who have even been cold-called while they were working, being put through by hospital switch, either um, unintentionally or misleading switch operator. Other ways is, you know, you may be getting multiple calls and multiple emails about a very high-rate exclusive job with a very vague description, enticing you to call that recruitment agent only to find out that that role is not what it seems or you know the job's taken but then they offer you an alternate lower paying role number two in terms of disadvantage or con is you may often get misleading information the locum company may not advertise the role accurately or sometimes it's not so much the locum company but actually the hospital in terms of the encore involved and the level of support you may get there are some horror stories out there you know you may not be particularly well supported and may be seen as a service job rather than training role or learning so you'd be maybe more expected to be more independent also there may be a lack of equipment or unfamiliar with the resources available where everything is kept and even unfamiliar with the services available in that particular work location. There may be medico-legal issues if you take a role and when you start you find out that it was meant to be a much more higher level skills or seniority than what was advertised. An example that comes to mind is there was a music festival where there were two doctors rostered to look after tens of thousands of people and there were many, many unwell patients um, including some who went into cardiac arrest and unfortunately later died Um, this in particular was a coroner's case you know made the news so it might pay if you know someone who has done that particular role before however this can be quite challenging especially there's so many roles out there there are groups out there such as locum doctors australia and locum doctor discussion group australia and new zealand So you can post on these groups and you can search and find out a little bit more feedback um, about a role. Number three in terms of con would be lack of stability of work. You know, work can suddenly dry up. You know, it may also be seasonal work. I have noticed that work seems to not be that much at the start of a clinical year and more so towards the end of a clinical year. Um, Probably often coinciding with um, some people quitting Also, I've heard stories where the hospital and clinic cancels on you last minute, which is very frustrating if you had set aside time to do that particular role or work and, you know, you forego or gave up another locum job, um, which would be very disadvantageous and you might have to check what was in the contract if any compensation applies. 
Number four in terms of con is that the locum lifestyle may not be for everyone. It may be difficult getting to particular locations. Often it is unpaid travel time. Um, although often they may reimburse um, flights or mileage up to a certain limit. And this locum lifestyle may be difficult, especially if you have family or young kids, as you may have to be away from home for an extended period of time. Although on the flip side, you could potentially turn it into a working holiday. I personally have had some interesting experiences with locuming, mainly in emergency. Um, for example, a rural town in northern Queensland with a high indigenous population, to tertiary hospitals in Sydney, tertiary hospitals in, um, in, in Tasmania, Hobart and also Northern Rivers, New South Wales region. Working in you know, other states, working in rural versus metropolitan has broadened my learning reg regarding clinical skills, as you can see different patient demographics, but also has broadened my understanding and being able to appreciate the differences in the healthcare system. So finally, what are some tips for locuming? Number one, I would say is ask questions about the role, you know, the pay, the accommodation, how will you get paid, whether from the locum company or directly from the hospital? And is it paid fortnightly or monthly? How do timesheets work? These are important things to clarify. Number two is get organised. Make sure everything is in writing. Find out about the travel details, where to go on the first day. And when going for roles, you know, make sure your paperwork is up to date and any paperwork your locum agent wants um, to promptly give it when requested because if you're slow you could lose the locum job um, if they find someone else and um, yeah you may annoy the locum agent as well number three tip would be consider your strategy you know is it to book certain dates way in advance you know some roles are much more po popular than others especially if it's known as more of a working holiday destination or are you trying to book conferences or a holiday around certain dates. So it may pay to book a certain date in advance, even though the rate may be lower. Alternatively, you may be flexible and you wish you're happy to be called last minute to do last minute shifts and often these are at crisis rates. Some people I know want to travel around Australia and book dates accordingly, you know, might locum half the year and then travel the other half. Another thing you could consider is locum part-time to fund living expenses to allow time to pursue other endeavours. You know, it could be business, could be hobbies, or you may just want a break from full-time clinical work. Now to Mindset Minute segment of the show where I share a quote that made me think. Today's Mindset Minute is, Making money is easy. It is. The difficult thing in life is not making it, it's keeping it. This quote is attributed to John McAfee. Now, I don't necessarily agree that making money is easy, but definitely we have all heard stories about lottery winners who blow all their money after a few years. If not have, having the right education about what to do with the money, it may slip away. And even arguably more important is the mindset. Whether it's feeling you subconsciously not deserve the money and hence spend it all, or it could be not charging more for your services or goods because not feel deep down that you're worthy. Some people may have the mindset that, you know, I'm not good with money. And if you tell yourself this, this is an unhelpful belief and it may be a self-reinforcing. 
on a personal level for myself, you know, I'm guilty of, you know, scarcity mindset, you know, feeling want to save and save money and worried to invest money, you know, as, as see it as a risky. And, um, you know, this was especially true in my early days, you know, worried about running out of money. So I guess, you know, making money, keeping it and then multiplying it all together, I would say this is a real challenge indeed. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please take a moment now to hit the subscribe button and share the podcast because this will help others benefit also. And please leave a review. This will allow more people to find my podcast. Five stars, please. And I would love to give you a shout out on a future episode. So until next time, keep taking steps to improve your financial health.